Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. What's going on? I've got a bone to pick with you, Jessie Stevens. Oh, what did I do? My children have started comparing my relationship to yours and Luca's and I'm not coming out well. I don't think any relationships are coming out But it's well really unfair. So not only are you not living with us this lockdown, no. you and Luca, which is selfish. Very. They've started saying things like, Jesse would never tell Luca to go to fucking hell. <laughs> so and I'm like, true. look, they are in the honeymoon stages. They have not been married 20 years. They do not have two teenage children at home. And they don't know that. And they have a normal dog. <laughs> they are not under the same kind of stresses and strains they don't as your kids. father and I. They do not have kids. Uh, and they don't know. They don't know. Shit gets weird. Gets weird late on a Tuesday night. They don't know what I say. I don't reckon you tell him to go to fucking hell. No, but I did yell at him last week. I was telling you two. I yelled at him last week. He asked, oh, what time are you recording out loud today? And I just lost it. I said the I same fucking time yeah, I, I record out loud three times a week for yeah. infinity since the beginning see, of time. My kids never see that. So they're just yeah. like, remember how Lucas says that he and Jesse have never had a fight and they've been together for four years? Someone oh, has oh. to model a healthy relationship for your children. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, it's down to Jesse. to Mamma Mia Out Loud, what women are talking about three times a week. I'm Holly Wainwright and I'm starting with something I'm not pissed off about today because on Friday we were all very pissed off about a lot of things. And it is, as you said over the weekend, Holly, it's a shorter list. It's a lot more efficient to just... (laughs) Let's be clear about what we're not pissed off about. It's not a whole segment. (laughs) So true that there are... So we're all going to share something we're not pissed off about. I am not pissed off about the soaring vaccination rates in New South Wales. Uh, If there is any silver lining to the shit show, it's that everybody is getting vaxxed. And when I asked on my socials yesterday, what are you not pissed off about this weekend? So many people sent me a picture of their arm with their little plaster on it and said, I'm not pissed off about getting vaxxed. We're nearly at 50% of the adult population having had one jab in New South Wales. This is good news. So I am not pissed off about that. I'm Mia Friedman and uh, I'm not pissed off about my hair today. I am really enjoying it because I got one of those, I bought one of those at-home hair colouring ones but from my hairdresser who mixes the colours specifically. It was about $100. Okay. Which obviously is more than a box home yes. one. But it's mixed specifically for my hair. And when you think about what a hairdressing appointment costs. Yeah. And also it came with like a little brush and all these different containers and a little bowl, mixing bowl and a little cape to wear and oh, all these I lovely need. things. What fun. And it's so a project. I, yeah, I did my roots and I'm really pleased. Like my hair's getting long. But that's all right. I, my my colour that I've got, like my streaky bits, they're growing out, but they're still there, and I'm just 
pleased with my hair today. It's not pissing me off. I'm Jessie Stevens, and I'm not pissed off about or at Patty Mills. I'm yes. feeling quite good about Patty Mills. He is, of course, the Australian boomers captain who led Australia to a bronze medal over the weekend. Incredible game. He is just such a good decent person the more you read about him the more you fall in love with him he donated this is basketball it's basketball boomers yes the Australian basketball team had never won a medal before they always come fourth he brought them to bronze it was just stunning to watch he was so so emotional he was of course one of the flag bearers in 2020 I've just gone on a deep dive learning all about him he donated every cent of his 1.5 million dollar NBA salary to social justice causes um so like uh deaths in custody he's really vocal in a number of different social justice movements when the droughts were really bad in a certain little New South Wales town he just went and gave them water and a politician came in and was like oh which political party gave you all this water and they what were do you like, mean, like he paid for water yeah, to be yeah mm. to go to, like for filtered water to exist he's in indigenous isn't he little town yeah and he's quite much shorter than you would expect yes. for a basketballer he's quick and he's like i think he broke records with how many points he scored he is just like a lovely guy i'm obsessed with him everyone keep an eye on him he's amazing I know I saw when the, they won their bronze and like the coaches and the big wigs and stuff they were all crying and they were just like this man this man is amazing and I'm like oh anyway we've covered what we're not pissed off about on the show today something that Jesse is quite pissed off about celebrities who aren't bathing who are they and more importantly what have they got against the shower and how do we really feel about Zoom drinks? But first, just a heads up that this first topic talks about child sexual abuse. If you'd rather avoid that, skip ahead to our next much lighter topic. And if you're struggling right now, don't hesitate to call Lifeline on 13 11 14. So on Friday's show, as I was talking about, we were puffer fishing about things in the news and things that were around that were really annoying us. Puffer fishing is our term borrowed from the great Hannah Gadsby of things that just make you oh, puff up with rage. But we did leave out a few heavy things because there's a lot on at the moment. We've got a lot to deal with. But if you're seeing headlines all around about Hillsong Church, something about the Hillsong Church, the Prime Minister, and about historical child sexual abuse claims, we're going to explain that to you. In case you missed it, the New South Wales Police have charged Brian Houston. Now, he is the leader of the Hillsong Church, which is part of an organisation called the Australian Christian Churches. He and his wife, Bobby, are like the top dogs of that. They And Hillsong Church is now big all over the world, massive in America. Celebrities like Justin Bieber have got on board with it. It's an evangelical, modern, Pentecostal adjacent religion. They right? do lots of singing. And lots and lots of money, many millions. Lots of money's made and earned. Their music sells through the roof. Bobby and Brian are rumoured to be worth tens of millions of dollars each. They are big deal within the sort of evangelical movement, which is also a big deal. Brian has been charged by the police about offences that his father committed, sexual offences that his father committed against young boys when he was a pastor in the 1960s and 70s. So Brian kind of inherited, if you like, 
the churches from his dad. But Brian is the one who then had the marketing now to turn it into Hillsong, form that, take that to the level that he's at. But his dad was a pastor before him. And in 1999, his father, Frank, confessed to Brian that the rumours that he had sexually abused young boys in their ministry were true. And what Brian has been charged with is that he did not take those that confession and that information to the police. Now, this isn't new. This is why this story, you mm. might have felt like you've seen it around a long time. Because Frank Houston himself died in 2004. And what happened to him after this child sexual abuse information came out? And it turned out that he'd abused up to nine young boys, mostly Ugh. aged around seven and eight Ugh. within churches that he'd led. What happened after that is he got defrocked and disciplined by the church. And Brian stood down at, at that time as the leader because he said, I can't do that. But he was still around. He was still around while his dad was being dealt with and all this. This all came to the Royal Commission into institutional child sexual abuse in 2015. And there it was found that Brian failed to report his father to police and that there had been a conflict of interest in him leading the church and disciplining his dad. But he wasn't criminally charged. So this has been going on for quite a few years and Brian has spoken about it on the record. He's spoken about the fact that he denies the criminal charges, but he said that the reason at the time he didn't go to police is because the adult victim who had been talking to him about it vehemently didn't want him to. And he said he's sort of talked about it and around it many times. And he'd said if this complaint was about someone who was under 18 at the time, I'm absolutely certain these are his words, we would have reported it to the police. We would have made sure that's where it went. But they didn't. Now, the reason you're seeing this story reported a lot with a photo of our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and his wife, Jenny, is because they're friends. So Brian Houston, although... Scott Morrison is not a Hillsong church member. He is a very religious man and he's part of the Pentecostal church. And that's kind of adjacent to the Australian Christian churches. And in 2019, for example, after ScoMo won the election, um, he went to the Hillsong conference. And that's where those pictures that you're seeing around of him standing next to Brian and them kind of laying hands on each other, that's where those were taken. And famously, he tried to get Brian invited to a fancy state dinner at the White House that Donald Trump was throwing in 2019. So and he's admitted to that. Right? And is it true that he said Brian Houston's his spiritual mentor? He has he has credited him as one of his three spiritual mentors. So it's interesting because Brian now obviously plays down this connection quite a bit and says, oh, you know, the Prime Minister's got lots of mates. It's not like we talk to each other every day or anything. But what ScoMo says is that he's known Brian for a really long time, that Hillsong is such a big deal and it's such a big deal in the US and that's why he tried to get him invited to that particular event. But he's credited Houston as being one of his spiritual mentors and he named him in his first speech to parliament back in 2018. He needs to get some new friends. Remember when we were talking about that other friend of his yeah. who's QAnon? Yeah. He does. He has some really problematic mates. So interestingly, the last piece to this puzzle that's kind of interesting and not reflecting that well on the government right now is that Brian Houston is not in Australia at the minute. So he's been charged in his absence because he's in America with Bobby 
and he's preaching in America. He was, I think he was in the Midwest in Missouri or somewhere when these charges came down and journalists confronted him there. And he was granted an exemption to travel. He and Bobby were granted an exemption to travel just in July, so very recently, which is interesting because as many, many, many Australians know, it's actually very difficult to leave the country at the minute. He does say he intends to come back and obviously face these charges, but some people are saying, hmm, interesting that you got a government exemption to travel. Yeah. I think, look, this story infuriates me on so many levels, let me count the ways. And I also read on the weekend an interview with the New South Wales police minister who spoke about how he is the member for the electorate in which Hillsong is based. And he said that he'd spoken to some constituents from the electorate who'd experienced a family tragedy recently with their child and he was very damning of Brian Houston. He said, why is he not here comforting his church members through lockdown and through everything that's going on and through the personal hardships that people are enduring instead of being out out of the country promoting and let's be honest making money that that's what he's doing of which he has enough and the other (laughs) thing that's really really important about this story is that one of the victims that Brian Houston claimed asked him not to go to the police he denies that yeah he's come out and said that is not true and so what Brian Houston two things I think about this story what Brian Houston robbed all these victims of was justice because his father died without being charged, from what I understand, and he didn't go to jail for what he did. And the second thing is that this harks back to that terrible, terrible time and a time that appears to still be the case in the church where abuse, whether it's domestic violence or child sexual abuse, is considered a private matter and not a crime. And surely we have come further than that In fact, we have come further than that. And we now know that if anybody, it doesn't matter if it's your father that did it, your mother that did it, your husband, your wife, your child, anyone who is made aware of an incident of sexual abuse of a child or abuse of a child of any kind is legally required to report it to police, not to other people in the church, not to give people, you know, slaps on the wrist by having them defrocked, whatever that means. It is a legal requirement and he broke the law. It's mandatory reporting and mandatory reporting is really simple and it has to be really simple in order for people not to have to sit and grapple with a moral quandary. You don't want people sitting around going, do I dob on my dad? Do I dob on my colleague? There is no question. You don't have to sit there and think about it. Like obviously in teaching it's massive and anywhere where you work with children, it is very simple. You must alert police. And on one side, this is a story about a son and his father and, and that's interesting. That's I think that's why the news, you know, finds that interesting. But on the other side, this is about institutionalised sexual abuse. Mm. This is something that we've seen. It is so funny. I, I was listening, I was trying to get across this story and I listened to a podcast that was by a Christian. I'm not sure what denomination, but he was Christian. And he was just going at this, you know, Hillsong Church is based on the abuse of children. And I was like, mate, throwing stones, glass houses, mm. like I don't think you get to lecture anyone. I don't think that mm. anyone who belongs to any of these massive churches, whether it's Christianity or Hillsong, gets... I don't think that's true because I 
obviously I'm not part of the Christian faith, but there are a lot of really good people. So I think you do get to lecture people who abuse children. I think that you have to acknowledge, though, that it's institutional within, you know, the Catholic Church as well and that it is something that exists when a patriarchy, when men have total power and think that they are absolved of any sin by the by the law, think that they have some kind of private And, in, of course, we're, it's not just men. I think it's any church because we've seen with Malkalefa, the, um, the, the former principal of a very religious Jewish school mm-hmm. in Melbourne who has been charged and extradited from Israel after she fled Australia with um, child abuse offences on girls here in Australia. So I think it's... Anywhere where it's seen, where people have extraordinary power, yeah, it, and it, and it's when you're open to abuse, family members have the ability to cover it. There is a writer and podcaster who I love in in the states named Daniel Lavery, and he has written extensively about this experience he had. His parents ran this mega church, and basically what happened was he was sitting down with his brother. And his brother said, I have a sexual attraction to children and the family knows about it. And his father was the head of it and made a lot of decisions about who got access to children and who didn't. And his father, knowing that information, allowed him to continue working with children because he thought it was good for his recovery and his healing process. And Daniel had to become this whistleblower on his entire family Mm. on the church more broadly and say no I don't care if this person hasn't acted on it yet if they've said they even have those thoughts then it is surely the kindest thing we can do for them to remove them from any context in which they might possibly hurt a child so this just appears to happen I, I guess that's the thing as well with these churches and institutions that there is just so much access to children and that's Mm. really worrying as well. I think if there's anything that's kind of hopeful about this story it's that in a way it's not going away because it's it's a long time now that this has been around and you know Brian Houston gave his evidence to the Royal Commission 2014 it's a long time ago Mm. and he think I think he would really like this to go away in fact I read an email that Hillsong sent out to their all their members this weekend after the news. And I mean, I agree with you, Mia, that there are so many people, and I know quite a few of them, who are part of of Hillsong or or churches like it, who do such incredible charitable work. And there's no, there shouldn't be like one brush to smear people with at all. But the email that went out to all the members was sort of saying, this is old news. This has been around forever. Brian has spoken about it many times, like kind of trying to make the point Mm -hmm. that people were trying to drag it up. Mm. to smear the church and personally I find it really encouraging that the New South Wales police are not letting it go that they're going to say no because we do have to have high profile examples of there just being a zero tolerance policy when it comes to protecting paedophiles. Hi Mia, Jessie and Holly. I am puffer fishing. I'm pissed off that Melbourne is in our sixth lockdown and that my baby is having his first birthday in lockdown next week after being born in lockdown and having his first few months in lockdown not being able to meet anyone. I'm on my daily lockdown walk in Sydney trying to get a shred of serotonin 
And what is really making me puff a fish is watching every single person on Instagram that isn't in lockdown at the snow. I don't know why, it just seems like everyone I know is currently at the snow. I am a teacher going into my sixth lockdown with year 12 students. Who's supporting the people that are supporting others is what I have to say. I am so tired. I slept for 13 hours last night and I'm still tired now. Hi Outlouders, I'm puffer fishing because we had our footpath ripped up by the council a week ago. It took them eight days to get around to pouring the new concrete. They did that at lunchtime on Friday and at five o'clock on Friday, I discovered a lady encouraging her kids to do star jumps on the almost but not quite dry concrete. My pufferfish moment of this week is living in a household with people that aren't taking the restrictions seriously. You know, it's just annoying. We're all in the same boat. Everyone's trying their best, but others are just not taking it serious. You ladies always make me feel better, so thank you. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. It's the celebrities, they stink. Uh, Oh, dear. Jake Gyllenhaal is the latest celebrity to needlessly confess to an interviewer that he doesn't really shower all that much. He was being interviewed by Vanity Fair when the 40-year-old actor said, more and more I find bathing to be less necessary at times. I do believe, because Elvis Costello is wonderful, that good manners and bad breath get you nowhere. So I do that. But I do also think that there's a whole world of not bathing that is also really helpful for skin maintenance and we naturally clean ourselves. I saw a tweet that said that Jake Gyllenhaal thinks his whole body is a vagina, which I thought was very true. <laughs> like that's the messaging we've got about vaginas is it's don't overclean. Because they're self-cleaning exactly. organs. But you know what's not self-cleaning? <laughs> Your pits, sir. <laughs> this comes a week after... Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher said that they only wash their children when they're visibly dirty, so when they can see dirt on them. Um, And Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard saying that they wait for the stink when it comes to washing their kids. Mila Kunis also said that she doesn't wash her body with soap every day, but she does wash, and this is a quote, pits and tits and holes and soles. That's her little... I was so confused by that quote because if you wash all those places, and by soles she means the soles of her feet, what's actually left that she doesn't wash? How about the top of her foot? How about in between her toes? How about... Her legs? Yeah. Remember that whole thing we had about do you wash your legs with soap in the shower? Yeah. I don't. I think sometimes it just kind of trickles down. Yeah, well, that's what I work on that basis. Yeah. Look, why aren't the celebrities showering? Holly... Look, I'm going to have to play to a terrible stereotype here. That when I was a young person, yes, when I was a young person, well, actually, when I first met Australian people, so I wasn't that young, I was introduced to a slur 
that I'm going to use, so apologies to everybody, um, who referred to the way that I was brought up to wash myself in the morning as a pommy wash, which is you stand at the sink, you fill the sink up, and you wash your face, your pits between your legs, like whoop, 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 choo, 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 and So you it, don't right? get in the shower? No, no, that's not. Like when I was a kid, you had a bath every other night. Or actually, when I was a kid, kid, you had a bath once a week, Wednesday night. And then as I got older, you had like a bath or a shower every other night. But you didn't, bathing and washing every day in a full way was not expected. Can we go back to the sink for the second? Is there soap involved in that? And is it just, there's soap involved? No, no, there's there's soap, so a bar of soap. I assume water gets all over. I'm just acting it out here, the pommy wash. But doesn't, when you rinse the soap off with the water, doesn't it just get all over the floor? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. But that's just what you do, right? So, And then that's it, no shower in the rest of the day. That's, you're done. That's it, you're done. How about your hair? How about your hair? I Every second day. I still only wash my hair every second day. I'm a grown-up. And now I do shower every day because I'm Australian. It came with my passport. But when I, I didn't think there was anything strange about not showering every day at all until it was pointed out to me. Now, there are some very obvious things that make this true. And one of them is about the climate and how hot and sweaty you might get as opposed to when you're just sitting around inside in England. But... The thing about celebrities is I think that the children thing in particular has become a status symbol, right? Because I think that there's a whole school of thought about not washing babies very often, that actually it's good for their natural oils Mm. to be around. But then other people think that a bath time routine from the minute they're born is really good and helps them settle. And I think it's a bit of a status symbol to be like, no, we just let the baby marinate in their juices. It's a bit like feeding on demand or not having a routine or Mm. not doing sleep training, whatever it's like a natural, holistic, hippie way of doing things that's quite valued. The thing about Jake Gyllenhaal, though, we have all been around that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, there is truth to the fact that some men's natural scent is sexy to you if you're into it. But we have all been around that guy who thinks that his natural scent is sexy, but in actual fact can clear a room. It is the height of arrogance. I think it is so arrogant to think that you don't need to shower that often. It is the arrogance of someone. I have an acquaintance, a friend of a friend who doesn't wear deodorant and honestly wears it as a badge of honor. It's like, I don't need to wear deodorant because now my body, I don't know, cleans Mm. itself and I don't stink. Like a vagina. She stinks so badly. And she'll, she'll come over and give you a hug. I remember one night she came over and gave me a hug. And her pit made contact with the top of my arm. Oh, no. And I stunk. I stunk for the rest of the night. Oh. And it is the arrogance of thinking that the rest of the world mm. needs to shower, wear deodorant, do what we need to do to keep our bodily hygiene in check. But they don't because they know better than everyone oh, else. sounds like anti-vaxxers. And it's, and it's the man as well. You'll be in a shopping centre or something and you'll see a man who's been to the gym. You'll smell him before you see him. He's massive. He stinks. And it's like, why did you not wear deodorant to the gym? And they can clearly smell themselves but they don't think they stink. I once knew a guy who would go for a run after work and then have dinner and go to bed without having a shower. No. Isn't that disgusting? It's about common courtesy to other people. I have two showers a day because for me showers are also like, I mean, you need one in the morning, otherwise you look 
you don't like if you haven't had a shower. You look. You like can you pick someone at, at the <laughs> shops or whatever at, who has not showered yet or who has showered yet at the you know when you're lining up to get your coffee, whatever you're allowed to do these days. And I have it in the morning, obviously. And I exercise in the morning, but then I also have it at night because to me it's a it's the demarcation between the end of it's it's just a, a, a sort of a is this is this a case of you know how really really rich people sometimes dress like slobs like they'll oh. wear tracksuits stained tracksuits with a hole in it to kind of be like I'm the every man is this what Jake's doing like trying to be like almost appropriate or co opt a lower class lack of washing? I, I think he's know. just being a bit of a hippie and I also think he's overestimating his own personal appeal yeah. because, you know, when you're really in love with someone, really in lust with somebody, then the smell of them is really good and you quite like it mm. that they're not too clean. But, like, only very, very, very intimate settings. Every other setting, keep your stink to yourself. I feel so sorry for Taylor Swift. Because Taylor Swift dated him and she's written whole albums about mm. not liking him. No wonder. She didn't mention the stink, did she? No. She didn't mention the stink. And the I rock- thought it was just a lockdown thing. Because, like, when you're working from home oh, and you're yeah. not going anywhere and you're in a controlled environment, maybe you don't smell that much and yeah. you could probably shower less. But is this like a... He's out of lockdown. Oh. And he's oh, just like... of course he is. He's yes. just like, I don't wash. And now The Rock has come out and been like... Will I bathe every day? And I'm like, I'm not applauding you. <laughs> like now celebrities are coming out thinking I'm going to give them a medal because they have a shower every now and then. The bar is low. I'm sorry, though. I don't wash my kids on the weekends. I let them get dirty. I don't care. <laughs> Do they wash themselves? Uh, they choose not to on the weekend. I mean, they have to wash their hands, like when yeah. they're touching things. But like... It's a pain washing small children. I mean, not that my children are that small anymore, but, like, I think I understand why parents go, let's skip bath time. Like It won't kill them. Time. There are two types of people in lockdown, those who love Zoom drinks and those who would rather eat a box of hair. Mm. I'm a box of hair eater mm. because I loathe Zoom drinks. I worked out I've had three Zoom drinks in the last 18 months since COVID. I haven't enjoyed any of them. One was a birthday. Another was just a drinks with girlfriends. And then last weekend, I forgot about all of that because I'm a goldfish and someone in my extended family suggested a family get together. Hmm. It was very bad. It was very, very bad. And it ended with some people shouting, some hurt feelings. Uh-oh. And it was just incredibly awkward and uncomfortable. It was just over nothing and it was just nothing. But why are they so difficult and why are they so much more difficult than work, you know, those mm-hmm. of us who work from home, who work in office-based environments, doing a lot of Zooming, we've all got that pretty down pat, you know, cameras on, cameras off, you know, less small talk, more small talk. Everyone's kind of got into their groove. But I find the social ones are an absolute nightmare. Jessie, are you a social Zoom drinks person? I like the idea of it. Didn't you do Zoom trivia with your family? Yeah, that was actually quite fun. This is the thing. This is what producer Emma will tell us, that you need a structure. You need – and that's why meetings at work work to an extent. Firstly, because there's structure and secondly, because there's hierarchy. So there's a sense of like who should be speaking, who shouldn't be speaking as much – Whereas when you jump 
on a free-for-all Zoom drinks with 10 people. Yes. Who speaks first? Who's holding court? It is so unnatural because you can't. Because everyone spoke and then everyone stopped and then someone spoke and then someone stopped. Yes. And I thought that it was because it was with people who aren't used to being on work Zooms. I think it's because there's no leader. And at a dinner table, if there were 10 people, then you and I might be down one end and we'd have a little chat. Mm. And then Holly might be down her end with someone else and she'd have a chat and you break off into groups. You know what you don't do? Stand up and deliver a monologue to 10 people which is what you have to do on Zoom. You have to stand up and monologue and then pause and wait for someone else to interject and also deliver monologue. Like it's such a poor approximation of what socialising is. So agree. Hard agree. I think there's a key to it and it's to keep it tight, keep it small. Right, mm. like as in small and short. So you know when you're on a Zoom drinks and you know how at first they're normally limited to 40, 40 minutes. minutes or something and then some someone will go like, guess what, guys, I've just taken the time. No, no, no. Forever now. <laughs> and everybody else on the call is like, shit, that 40 minutes was our limit. I've been doing it a bit with my friends and I have to remind myself that it's not about me. Like it's fine, like I'm going to do it. And I think if there's two or three of you, it's fine. But when there's a gang, it's really hard. But I'll tell you, a very high degree of Zoom difficulty was pulled off in my house yesterday that supports your theory, Jesse, that you need a structure and maybe a task. Because my daughter was invited to a Zoom birthday party where they all had to bake a cake. And so they had literally had the laptop propped up in the kitchen and everybody had been sent. This is a very organized parent. Everybody had been sent a box of like, you know, Betty Crocker cake mix or whatever and some icing pens and then they had a two-hour time limit and they all just had to bake a cake and ice the cake and then have a competition. And I thought this is going to be carnage. It was actually brilliant. She was just busy in the corner in the kitchen. She Every now and again she'd say things like, how do I turn the oven on? And I'd be like, ask your dad. But <laughs> apart from that, it was like really good and they just did it. And they enjoyed it and it was great. And it, it wasn't just about idea. talking. Yeah. I think that's what's hard. And then you can't end it. It's like you get sick of it and you don't want to be the one to say, all right. I better go home better, now. Um, <laughs> Got to get home. Yeah. Dinner. It's like you can also <laughs> eat dinner on the call. It's like the call could go for infinity and that's what's really worrying. <laughs> I know. If you're with people you know well enough, this is what my mum does because we FaceTime every Sunday. She, After a while, she'll just go, got nothing else to talk about now. Bye. <laughs> you're just like. I love that. Yes. That's, that's my vibe. I've got a recommendation before we go and it is a show. I always get nervous about saying this, but it's a show that has made me laugh out loud a lot. Yay. I feel like it reveals, like people might watch this show and go, mm. Mia, you're really messed up. Because it's a little bit Weird. rogue. Yeah. So I don't know if we've recommended on the podcast before a, another podcast called Dear Joan and Jerrica. It's like a spoof, satire, agony aunt show with these two actresses who are like from 
making out that they're from sort of middle help me holly i can't explain it yeah they're like they're meant to be these kind of middle-agedish middle englandy matrony types yeah. aren't they in that and one? they hate they answer these incredibly rude questions and like rude sexually rude and they answer them in this weird kind of women hating way it's comedy <laughs> yeah. it's very 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 funny anyway one of those women is an actress and writer called Julia Davis and she's written this new show. It's called Sally Forever with a four in it. It's on binge. It's about this very ordinary suburban woman in her sort of 30s and she is in this really, really boring relationship and she ends up having this affair with a woman that she meets on the tube and upends her life and the woman that she has the affair with is Julia Davis who's the writer and this woman's just quite crazy and it is just it's got a bit of a vibe of the office yeah but it's so outrageous and like is it British weird it's British and it's so weird and sort of sexually but it's just funny it's just really funny it's called Sally Forever I'm, it's just made me laugh and go, oh my God, the whole time. Okay, I cannot wait. That sounds so I good. I am so excited. She is so amazing, the actress. You've made my day. Sally forever. That is all we have time for today on Mamma Mia Out Loud. Thank you so much for listening. This episode was produced by Emma Gillespie. The executive producer of Mamma Mia Out Loud is Eliza Ratliff. And on tomorrow's daily drop, oh my God, exclusive to M Plus members. The virginity myth. Oh, we, we went really wrong. I on learned that some one. things about Holly Wainwright that I never oh, knew. Oh, we talked about that. I've been more, I've been stressing about it all weekend. <laughs> all weekend, I've been stressing about the fact that in this daily drop tomorrow, I tell a story that I've never told. It's so good. Before. It's so good. And I hope my mum isn't listening. That is the main takeaway from that. We will see you on the Mama Mia app. Bye. Bye. Hey Out Louders, just before we go, I just wanted to tell you that the Lady Startup Activation Plan closes tonight, Monday night. It is the course that is online, taught by me, and it's for any woman who wants to start a business or a micro business or a side hustle. It could be that you want to sell some things. It could be that you want to sell a service. It could be that you don't know what you want to do, but you just really want to do something that's more creative or have a bit of a side income coming in or maybe have a hobby. We give you lifetime access. There's live group mentoring sessions with me and a private support Facebook group. And it's all in snackable bite-size videos and downloadable workbooks and cheat sheets. Enrollments close at midnight. If you want to start your business the right way the first time, go to ladystartup.com.au to enroll now or Check out the show notes. Hope I'll see you there. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.